to be in the house of God. Okay, let's look at our scripture again. And that's um, 2 Peter 3.18. I want us to read it. And um, today I'm going to move away from it. But I want us to look at it again. Ready, go. But grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. So we started talking about how to grow in grace. How many remember? And we said that to grow in grace, what do we need to do? What are the steps that we need to take to grow in grace? We looked at it last week. To grow spiritually, what were the, what were the steps we looked at? Have a desire, yes. Number two, learn to pray. Number three, learn to read and meditate. Number four, that was it. We did three. Okay. The next one that I want us to look at briefly is take your attendance of church seriously. Amen. Can I say it any clearer? The, the place where growth is initiated must be the place you frequent the most. Amen. Hebrews 9.27 says that Hebrews 9.27 is it? No, Hebrews 10.25, sorry. It says that and forsake not the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another so much the more when you see the day approaching. It will be very unfortunate that somebody wants to build their muscles and they don't want to ever go to the gym. It will be very, very unfortunate that you are in university, a place of learning, and you never go for lectures. As the man of some is. Some, some will not go for lectures. They will wait for their friends or they will look at the, uh, what do you call it, media they put the notes on social media, they put it on uh, whatever media that they have, their platform, and that is what they feed on. And they expect to do well in their course. It, it's not, I mean, it's like, it's not rocket science. Hallelujah. It is not rocket science that the, the place you need to be is the place that facilitates growth. Amen. And the house of God is the place that facilitates growth. And so Peter was telling the, the, the uh, Paul was telling the church that listen, don't get into the habit of being away from the presence of God. If you really want to grow in grace. Amen. See, I, I said to you that it's not how long you've been in, in, in church that makes you grow. It is how long church has been in you. And you see, you give yourself the, 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 um, the opportunity to grow when you are in a place. And you allow the place to be inside you. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you okay so far? Okay, so... I'm trying to finish so that we can move on to what I really want to talk about today. Is that okay? Okay, so um, number, what number are we on? Number five. Take part in spiritual exercises. Amen. 
take part in spiritual exercises. When there is fasting, don't excuse yourself away from there. <laughs> Is that all right? Don't run. Some people just find excuses why they cannot be at the all night. And some are experts at preventing others from coming for all night. There's an all night. I'm not going. Will you go? You call somebody and say that, I am not going for the all night. Will you go? What do you expect the person to say? You are facilitating they are not being there. Hallelujah. But you see, what happens when you come to things like that is you learn how to pray for long, a long time. You know, like we are going for the camp. I am not going to the camp. Will you go? Obviously, the, I, I, I kid you not, there are some people in the church. They have made it their mission to come up with excellent ideas not to go for a camp. It's been five years running. They've never been. They always come up with a very good example, excuse. They plan their travel just on the day. As soon as the uh, camp is announced, that is when they are traveling. And they will, they, will, they will actually go around to recruit others not to go. You, you, think, you think I'm joking. It, it's like when one person says he's not going, I can tell three people will not go. But by, by the friends they have. I've been doing this work for a while. And it's, it doesn't change. Every country, every atmosphere is the same. Say, come. They recruit others not to go. And some people pride themselves that they've been in a church that they've never gone to the camp. Hallelujah. It's a spiritual exercise. Are you with me? To, to separate yourself, to be in, 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 in an atmosphere to receive from God is a different thing. When those three were separated, they didn't tell us how long they were up in the mountains for. But you see, those who were lower in the valley couldn't cast out the demon. They were waiting for those who went to the mountain to come down and cast the demon out. Uh, I don't know whether you understand. How many will agree with me that there's a certain power, a certain spiritual power you gain when you are being on the mountaintop? Bible says that when Moses descended from the mountain, they could not look at his face. See, when you move away from all these distractions and you stay in the presence of God, the word, the worship, and everything, just that for five days, you come out a different person. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I mean, we don't just organize camp for the sake of organizing camp. In fact, really, for me, Camp is a distraction. Yeah. Because I'd rather go there alone. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? I'd rather go there alone than to go with everybody. Because when I go with everybody, I'm doing the, the talking. So I hardly receive. So really for me, it's a distraction. But it's for yours. For you, it's safe. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Okay. Don't run away from spiritual exercise. If you really want to grow spiritually, prioritize your involvement in church. Look at verse 24. The verse 24 of this same verse. Look at, look at what it says. Verse 24. Says that let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. There's a stirring. There's a stirring that comes when you are separated for good works. Remember, we've been called unto good works, but those good works is hidden inside of us. But when we go to the place where we are, we are stirred up, then we come. How Jesus went about 
full of the Spirit of God. Acts 10, 38. Anointed. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. They're doing good. I said Acts 10, 38. Are you there? It, 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 it came because he had been in a place where he received the anointing. Amen. So encourage others to go. He says that let us encourage one another, stir one another up unto good works. Amen. So it must be your, your um, responsibility to stir up others. Amen. Amen. Not, I'm not going. Will you go? Okay. All right. The rest, I'm going to incorporate it in what we are going to talk about today. Is that okay? Come with me to Mark chapter 16 from verse 15 to 18. And the subject of our conversation today is how to operate in spiritual authority. How to operate in spiritual authority. Mark chapter number 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will not, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Amen. Let's read the scripture again, verse 15. And he said unto them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And he who believes not will be condemned. And this sign shall follow the pastors. Is that what he said? And this sign shall follow the men of God. This sign shall follow them that have spiritual tongues. This sign shall follow them that are operate in, in heavy duty, heavy weight uh, realms, echelons of power. These signs will follow them that have been serving the Lord for the last 50 years. You know, who operate in the Mazarots, in the Priyadis, my God, Orion. Those who are in the place of the zodiacs. Those who can command and uh, uproot and, uh, and circumvent and uh, they are the ones who are going to operate these signs. Is that what he said? What did he say? Those who believe. Do you qualify? I said, do you qualify? Do you believe? And he says that these signs, so, so, so they say that, number one, these signs, so the signs are these, which means they are a plethora of signs, a list of signs. And he says that in my name, they will cast out demons. That is one sign. Then the next sign is what? They will speak in tongues. How many speak in tongues? So we, we, we have hopped the first one and we landed on the second one which means we speak in tongues. The third one is what? They will take up serpents. We hop that one. If they drink anything deadly, we hop that one too. They will lay hands. We hop that one. Next one, quickly. That's it. So, we out of all of them, we are operating in one. One over five. Can you understand what I'm saying? Because, uh, uh, and, and, and before you look at me funny, how many of us even believe enough to put our hands on a sick person? Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? It's because we, we have selectively believed 
You see, the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. You see, and lack of knowledge sometimes comes by culture. And culture is the first person who starts a behavior, starts a culture. Are you with me? Which becomes a culture, it becomes a tradition. The first person who started, oh, let's reserve that for the elders. Let's reserve that for the pastors. Let's reserve that for the, for the bishops. Let's reserve that for the, the, the deacons and the evangelists. Let's reserve that for the senior people. And with that, the culture has been formed where we selectively believe the word. So we are operating in ignorance and calling it spirituality. So now you go to the church. The church has turned into a cherry squad. We cheer for our superman pastor. Who comes to lay hands on the sick and the sick recover? Who comes to rebuke the demons? Who comes and cast out? And when he's not there, we are like headless chickens. We can't do anything. All demons are clear. <laughs> Always you know, oh, oh, yeah, your, your problem, the well, pastor is out of town. So I think you should go home with your demon and then come back when pastor is here. And I, I, I also feel that it is partly the fault of the pastors. Because, see, pastors, we like to be needed. And we like to be made relevant. So we like for things to be reserved for us. So that we display our power. So that we get more authority. That's why messages like this are not preached in church. Are you with me? Messages are, are not preached because you see, if you became powerful and you started praying for the sick, you pray for somebody who's crippled and they, they get up right now. Maybe when you come to church, you won't let me, you want me to preach anymore. You say that uh, from today, I think, you see, my, my, we're having a chat with a, a pastor friend. We, we were having dinner and he was telling me us this story. That was, was it a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, we're having this conversation. She was, he was in church when one of his assistant pastors, senior pastors, came to to the church. Pastor, I want to have a meeting with you. I said, Oh, let's sit down. Let's have a meeting. And then this person said, Oh, Pastor, um, I feel the Lord has spoken to me that from now we should rotate the preaching so that you shouldn't be preaching all the time. You know, I should be preaching once a month. But no idea about how many pastors there? There are about seven or eight pastors, including his wife, that's nine, including himself, ten, in the church. So if this one person comes and says, that I should be preaching once a month, and there are four, month, four, four Sundays in a month, how and you have to go around. <laughs> it means that the, the pastor, the pastor will preach once every three months. Every quarter, the pastor will preach once. It, it sounds like a joke. We laughed, but that tells you why, or that informs the behavior and the decision. Of some, some of the pastors. Because if we bring the thing down to everybody's level, some people will just abuse the thing. And make sure that now we are the same level. You can cast out demons. Me too, I can come out of demons. What makes you my... my you know, and, and, and so the pastor said, oh, if you want to start a branch, you want to preach every Sunday, that is a good thing. It will help the kingdom. So come, I am going to go and open a branch for you. You know, a few miles away. Get instruments for you. Get everything so that you start. You, you preach every Sunday. Say, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. And then person said, this particular person, when you call evangelist, he doesn't come. This person doesn't come for evangelism. So the pastor said, who should go and gather people and make them sit down for you to come and preach to them? If you say you are called and you have a lot of word. word, go and gather your own people. Sit them down and preach to them. Yes. 
The next Sunday, the pastor didn't come to church. So, the pastor goes to visit the woman. He says, we didn't see you in church. So, uh, my grandchildren, because of my grandchildren, these days I don't think I'll be able to be coming to church often. Somebody who, were, who was saying that God says that you should preach once a week. Now your grandchildren, because of your grandchildren, can't come to church. This is not a story I was telling. This is something that was told two weeks ago. We are having dinner. The pastor was telling us. So, why wouldn't the pastor make the thing very, very complex and very, you know, spooky and very, very, you know, so that you, you can't come and stand here. You can't come because the demons that are here fighting, you can you can. I see, I see, I see, I see. You know, you don't want to be inside. No, you see and tell us. <laughs> we have made it very spooky. But it's very fair. You see, he says that these signs shall follow them that believe. Once you believe, you're qualified. See, I want to raise people, Christians who are spiritually strong. Who are who know where they are? They know they know they are worth in Christ. Yes, they are submissive and they are humble. Amen. I think that's where the problem is, because as soon as we start rising, that humility thing goes away, and then we want to, I, that uh, Lucifer Lucifer's uh, problem becomes our problem. I shall rise. The lady wanted to arise and ascend to the throne of the pastor. And the pastor said, how did God bypass me? I'm the shepherd of this house. God bypassed me. You are, she's not even the senior associate. She's not even number three. She's not even number four. Bypass all these people. <laughs> mm. Hallelujah. But you see, spiritual authority is not reserved for a selected few. Just as you know, there are some churches praying in tongues is reserved for a selected few. Oh, yeah. Like the, the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church itself, the highest, when they are um, installing a new pope, the cardinals, those who install, there are about 20 of them. When they come to pray for the installation of the pope, they speak in tongues. Yeah. But you, even if you are a bishop, you don't qualify. You must be in the, yeah, the top 20. Oh, no, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, that's the truth. Are you with me? But if you read the scripture, it didn't reserve it. It says that this sign shall follow them that believe. Because really, God wants more people to operate in spiritual authority. Even in the, in the last days, when there's so much unbelief, when there's so much, you know, so much uh, uh, evil and so much fake, or, or the demon, demons are manifesting themselves as children of the light and doing all sorts of funny things. This is when the believer must operate in authority. This is the time when the Christian must have spiritual authority to look at somebody and speak as a word and the person will just paralyze. The time when the church is being challenged, more of us needs to stand up in spiritual authority. Hallelujah. But we shy away. We shy away because we, we one, we haven't been taught. Two, we have made a culture where we res reserve it for a selected few. And then most of us want to be blessed. We don't want to bless others. Because really, you know what something? 
when you operate in spiritual authority, the attacks that come upon you is not a joke. One day, I used to do this uh, miracle pro, uh, service every week, every Thursday morning when we're in South Africa. And then it's like casting out demons and all those type of things. That's, that's the service. Then I took one of our pastors, a lady pastor, took her to the, this program because she just wanted to be part of the program. Went, I mean, demons falling down, you know, sort of all sorts of wild things. Then when we finished, we drove back. Said in the night when she was sleeping, the demon visited her in the room for a boxing match. You, when they were casting me out in the church, you were you were you were behind and giving the pastor more of him. Now it's your turn, me and you, we should. Ah, it wasn't easy for her. Ah, don't you pick the food? Pastor, pastor, pastor. <laughs> Come to my house. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because, you see, a, a lot of this, like a lot of people who, cast, who, who heal the sick, most of the time they have one illness that will never leave them. Those who cast out demons. Oh, it's not easy. They're always tormented. Because, you see, you will not be left alone. Those who operate in power, they always have something. They always have, like, like Paul said, that because of the abundance of revelation that was given to me, abundance of power that was given to me, there was a thorn in my flesh that I could not get out of. See, that's the downside of operating spiritual authority. That makes a lot of people reluctant to operate in authority. But you see, you are better off operating spiritual authority than not. Because Satan doesn't know any demilitarized zone. Satan doesn't know that this border, this side, we don't fight. Uh, I the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He, he, that's his job. Are you with me? So you might as well guide yourself. You might as well be, you, be, be strong. Take the whole armor of God and we stand every fairy that that's thrown at you. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So with all that said, let's look at how we can also grow and, uh, and develop into a place where we operate in spiritual authority. Is that okay? Can I give you a few steps that will help us? Number one. Number one step, submit to God. Mm, sounds easy, isn't it? Submit to God. Hallelujah. James chapter 4 verse 7 says that therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee, to you, flee away from you. Submit yourself to, the, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. So somebody say that if it's that simple, then I can do it. So how do you submit? That's a good question. Number one. <laughs> Number one. We begin submission through salvation by believing in Christ. So Romans 10, 9, if you confess your, with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. You know, so somebody can read this, somebody who is not born again can read this, submit your, to yourself to God, resist the devil. So he said, I submit to God. Come out. You are going to be in trouble. Do you understand? You have to be saved first. Remember the sons of Sceva? I adjure you 
by the name of Paul, of the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches about. The demon says, Paul, I know. And Jesus, I know. But you, who are you? Because Jesus doesn't know you. <laughs> so, are you understanding that? Number two, you must submit to the word or the teachings of Jesus Christ. Submit to, the, to God. Submit to his teachings. You see, you cannot be in rebellion to the word of God and have Walk in the authority of God. <laughs> Can you imagine a, a policeman who has gone AWOL? A policeman or a soldier who has gone AWOL and he goes away from his jurisdiction to another place and he wants to arrest somebody. What do you think will happen? Because you yourself, you are wanted. It's only in movies that you can do that. <laughs> but in actual life, you can't do that. Are you with me? Your authority is subject to the obedience of the one who has all power. I always use this example that if I am married to Watermelandra and I own this company, I, I Say, for instance, I own this company. This company of IT experts. All these people are IT experts. What Melandra has never been to an IT school one day in her life. But by the virtue of the fact that she's married to me and I own this company, all these people, when she comes into the office, everybody must. Anything she says goes. Are you with me? Because of the connection that we have. But if she decides that she's not married to me anymore, and everybody's aware that we don't have that relationship, in fact, we are enemies, we are fighting, then she comes and she wants to give. Even Everett will say, hey. <laughs> so, so, you see, so, so, you see, by the virtue of the fact that you are submitted to God, you have authority over demons. But when you are not submitting very well, the smallest demon, like Everett, Everett is a demon, but the smallest, will do something very bad to you, you will never forget how many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because we, we, we are walking in disobedience. We know we are in disobedience. And yet we want to operate in spiritual power. That, that, can, that can do some serious damage to you. Hallelujah. So if you are going to venture into this arena of authority, then you have to be totally submitted because the thief comes seeking for a loophole where he can use to devour you. And when you are in disobedience, it's a wide door open. Are, are, you, are you with me? Yeah. That's why the Bible says that take on the whole armor. Righteousness, truth, the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, shield of faith, sword of the spirit. You need to have them all on if you are going to venture into the place of fighting spiritual principalities. Do you understand? Your, your truth belt is loose and you want to go and fight. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine that? Have you ever seen that fight before? You are fighting and the person's trousers is coming off. And you are trying to use one hand to hold and you are trying to use the other hand to fight. What is going to happen? When 
you go, go on YouTube and just Google, you'll see what I'm talking about. They will put sand in your mouth and your eyes just because one hand is engaged in something else. How many understand what I'm trying to say? I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, when when we're much younger, when we're much younger, we used to go like uh, we used to go for you know like evangelists go to different villages to do crusades and you know when you go we go there we are all together you know I remember once we went to this Boston Boston I mean no Boston Institute where they keep juvenile uh, prisoners young children prisoners I'll never forget for the rest of my life I must have been around 14, 13, 14 then. So the people there, they, some of them were older because up to 17. So some were older, some were younger. And we were there. And we went like a group, a singing group. So we finished singing and everything. When we finished singing, we'll do altar call. Then all of us go down to pray for them. I remember this boy. I mean, if I was 14 then, the boy must have been around Put my hand on the boy's forehead. Have you ever touched a hot iron or, or you know that coil that uh, you know the coil you put water you boil water in you know that red hot one? Yeah. I mean the heat the heater you know like you just don't put your hand on any but like an iron. Imagine fat earth at the, the maximum high hot was standing there. Then I put my hand. The blisters that came on my hand for about three weeks, he wasn't gone. So you don't go joking. I was not very prepared for that. <laughs> I'll never forget as long as I live. But then a senior pastor, a senior person, you know, those times we're, we're trained on things like this. So there was, I mean, we are all doing the same thing. So casting out devils, you know, praying for people, healing. It was not by like, who is the pastor? No, 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 no. It's like a deaf and dumb come. You pray. One, say one, two, 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 three, three. It was all of us doing it. But when this thing happened, I moved. Then somebody came. Pray for the person. The girl, the boy fell down like five times. Same human being. Same hand. I was in blisters for about weeks. Hallelujah. I, I, am I talking to somebody? You you need you need to have the total armor before you go. Playing <laughs> with this fish. Hallelujah. But you see, what you must understand is that there's greater power in you. There's greater power in you. But that power is made available by your submission to the word and the power and authority of God. Hallelujah. Uh, am, I, am I getting through? Number now, so I'm giving you this is all under point number one. Number three, go deeper and learn more. Go deeper. You cannot be shallow and do this type of things. Psalm 1 verse 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the way in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in it, in it does he meditate 
day and night. You see, that is the secret day. You stay in the word day and night. You stay in prayer day and night. You build a, a spiritual authority because you are submitted. You know, some of us, we, we hear the word, read the word, but we don't do the work. You are not submitting and it won't work. Hallelujah. By the time we finish this, you'll be looking for demons to cast out. I remember we used to we used to fire ourselves so 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 much. Oh, I said I remember we used to fire read this go to camp. We used to fire ourselves so so much. Don't go into the villages looking for witches. Oh yeah yeah. We used to go and then ask the the children, is there a witch in this place? <laughs> and how many know that in villages all the children know where the witch is? We go to the villages and we'll, go, we'll be asking. One day I invite my friend, KB, to come. Then he will tell you some of these stories. Because when I'm telling it, he, is, he has a better memory than me. Because I, I was slightly older than him. And I used to partner with him all the time. So when I go, he's, he's like I'm in front and he's behind me and we are going. We'll go and look for him. Is that a witch here? Is that a witch Oh, when you go into that, <laughs> that place there, when you tell them there's a witch there. Because we wanted to, you know when you're young, you're stupid sometimes. We wanted to test our, our powers to see. But you see, those things are gone these days. These days we don't do. And I blame us, the pastors, for not teaching because we were taught some of these things. Hallelujah. There was never a service that you go that people are not, demons are not cast out. There's never a, a service. Some people were just known because every time they call them, guess what they call them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So go deeper and learn more. Number four. Submit by following the examples of Jesus Christ. Matthew 25, 40. And the king will answer and say, As surely I say it for you to you, and as much as you have done this. See, Jesus was teaching and was telling the people that this is how you do it. This is where you, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Amen. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me and I him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. Ephesians 6, 6 says that not with eye service as man pleases, but as born servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Not when we are in church. You don't obey in church. You do it Outside, not with eye service. Amen. Some of us, we only pray in tongues in church. We only pray when we are in church. We read the Bible when we are in church. When we go outside the church, that's it. We don't even know. Our Bibles are kept in the booth until we are coming to church on Sunday or on Wednesday. That's when we remember where the Bible is. Amen. How many can see how it is to submit to God? The next one, number two, make sure you have been sent by God. Don't go to look for a fight you have not been called to fight. Pastor, my mother-in-law is worrying me. She has come with the devil, a demon, and then they give you half of a story. And then you run like a blow man. You are going to go and sort that, that mother-in-law mother out. No, no, no. We don't just go deal with spiritual matters with half information. Make sure you had God. Make sure God sent you. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, the Bible says, and after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself 
was about to go. Verse 17 says that then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will by any means hurt you. Have you been sent by God? Do you have heaven's backing? Are you in relationship with God and his authority? That's why I have a problem with people who say, uh, you know, like uh, we are going to make a program and we'll go, okay, we're going to, today I'm going to raise three, three um, cripples and two deaf and dumb. Uh, I find that, uh, uh, oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. Like somebody said, I'm going to raise the dead. And then you go and raise one person. Or oh, one person comes to, to the church and you raise the person. What about the people in the mortuary? Yeah. Have you been sent? Because sometimes God sends people, send you to go and do something. Like God sends you to go to a program. When you go, anything can happen. Because you are at the right place at the right time. God wants to do something. And see, God will do whatever he wants to do. He doesn't need you. He's doing it through you. But you are not driving it. Hallelujah. In Exodus chapter 9, verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go in to Pharaoh and tell him, That says the Lord God of, of the Hebrews, Let my people go. You see, now Pharaoh started doing a lot of miracles, a lot of wild things in Exodus 9.1. A lot of wild things. Why? Because he had been sent. Mo sorry, Moses. Did I say, who did I say? I said, I said Moses. The Lord sent Moses to Pharaoh. See, when you are sent, you are given authority. You are given power. Hallelujah. You know, when you are sent to go and to, to, to go to a place, a lot of miracles happen. Amen. Number three, be under authority. In Matthew 8, 9, the centurion said, for I am a man under authority and have soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and he comes. I say to, he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. Next verse. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, those who, to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. The man said, I am a man under authority, therefore I have authority. You see, if you are not under authority, you don't have authority. That is why every time, anytime you step out, you will be challenged. Who's, who, who sent you? Who sent you? Even Jesus, when Jesus stepped out, they asked him, who sent you? And he said, I have come under the authority of John the Baptist. So who sent you? Whose wing are you under? One day, a pastor came here. Uh, a guy, I didn't know he was a pastor. He came to church. He was in the church. And I realized after church, you know, in the foyer, he was talking to church members, talking, 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 talking. So somebody told me what he was saying. So you know how I do it. <laughs> I grabbed him, took him to the office. I asked him, Man, who are you? He said, Oh, I'm a man of God. I've just arrived in the town. 
and you know he said he was a pastor somewhere he was a uh, working with this man, the pastor sent him to a branch. He went, and his church was bigger than the branch, the the main headquarters of the of the church. So the pastor became jealous and came to the branch and moved the headquarters to his branch. And so he had a misunderstanding with the with the man. So he has come. I said to him, "Welcome." I said to him, so you are very anointed. So yeah, I mean, I do. You know, he started giving me his nomenclatures. He prophesies, he does this, he does that, he does this, he does that. Okay. I said, you know something? A few years ago, me too, I believe that I'm very anointed. So I came to Leeds. When I came, you know where I went to? He said, where? I said, I went to the train station. And I clapped my hands. And I said, I have come. I am very anointed. I am going to do church. So if you have come and you say you are strong to the train station, don't come and hide in somebody's church and try to steal people and say that, come, 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 I'm going to prophesy to you. No. Go to the train station. Me, when I came, I said I was very anointed. I went to the train station. See, have, have you seen the people you saw in church? I gathered them from the train station. Listen, the guy left. He never came here again. He went to some man's church. And we told the man, this guy, watch him. He made him his assistant. So he preached more than he make this man preach more. Me, I told me, I said, I told him my own. I said, this guy, he's a thief. Watch him. Then I, I said it once. I didn't say it again. He thought he had received a help sent from God. With the word. And he started to do, you know that I see. I see. <laughs> you see, you see, we, we have been doing this work for a while, so we know the tricks of the trade. If I want to gather a lot of people in this church so that the place will be full, I know the, 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 the things to start doing right now. You see, the whole place will be full. Yeah. I, you, you were with me, I, were, were you with me when we went to? The, the camp, the last time. Nobody could sit down. And you see, I deliberately don't do that in my church. Because see, there's, there's a food that is called fast food. That is called junk food. Isn't it? How many know that children like junk food? When you, when you buy McDonald's to choose for children, they will eat that and they won't eat their vegetables. <laughs> How do you know what I'm talking about? We don't like broccoli. We don't like no, broccoli, broccoli and... No, 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 no. no. But you see, when you, when you live on junk food, when you live on junk food, you, you will be sick very, very soon. Are you with me? If I start feeding this church with junk food, they will go and bring their, their, their friends. You, everybody will go and bring their friends. Come and see power. He <laughs> said that when they start doing the miracles, 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 <laughs> call me. I want the miracles. The guy took all the people from the guy, from the pastor. 
And when they, 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 they had a fight, this guy who came to sit here, he was sitting this side. One day, he, they were fighting. And the guy said that they come because of me. I have the power, not you. I am the one who has guarded them, not you. When he was doing his church way before you came. And I, he couldn't tell me. Up to today, he hasn't told me. <laughs> I told you. He, he couldn't tell me. Because when I was warning him, he thought I was jealous of him. So the guy came to my church. I sacked him. You say, I said, you say you have power to the train station. Because when he said he has power, I also said, me to have power. Me to have power. But when I came to the town, I said, I have power. Nobody minded me. I went to the train station to gather them. Hallelujah. So be under authority. So ask yourself, who under whose authority are you operating? See, when you see a man, it's a man of God has come, man of God has come. Find out before you go and put your head down for the man to put his hand on your ask, ask, ask who puts his hand on his head. Because if somebody doesn't put his hand on his head, he's not a man of authority. Who tells him to, to sit down and sit down? Have you seen all these overnight prophets who have come? Nobody has appointed me. Nobody has anointed me. You know the spirit is operating by. Because there are rules to this thing. When it's proper, there are rules to it. And the Bible says, he that breaks the hedge, the serpent will bite. If you go beyond the rules of engagement, you are in trouble. Hallelujah. So it's a prophet. It's a prophet. There's a prophet. Okay, fine. You're a prophet. Which of the schools of the prophets did you come from? You are Elijah. You just came from nowhere. You know, when people are desperate, they can go to the Malams, they can go to the Voodoo's, collect something and come. And learn a few, a few verses and come. Say that they are man of God. Have you seen those type of people when they come? They don't preach. They don't teach anything. They just say one thing. Even when they read the, 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 the verse, the verse and what they are saying don't match. And then before you realize they are, here, they are praying and miracles, miracles, miracles. No, no, that's a sign that this is not right. This person doesn't know. He has not been schooled. Be careful. <laughs> that's Black Adam. <laughs> he has a way. <laughs> that was my mother's priest. Be very careful. The man used to come to the house. Then he would do something, take uh, water. He has, you know that that they had something. You will know. They had something you should put in the water. It's scented. Froda. Froda water. That one. And some some and some perfume something. They put it in the water, and then they will give it to you. He would drink a little bit. Then he said, come and start there. <laughs> then he goes on your face. Then he says something, you say something, you have to say, you have to say holy. Holy, holy, holy. And the end of it is I myself wake up in the morning. My mother will line all of us to stand there. <laughs> Black Adam will come. My mother gave me a name, Black Adam. <laughs> Eesh. I tell you. When we were 10 years old, we decided, no, this man is not from God. We'll, we'll go there again. <laughs> now when the call us, we are not going. <laughs> oh. All right, let me give you the last one for today. 
Number four, have a personal relationship with God. Okay, have a personal relationship. We talked about it earlier, Acts chapter 19, verse 14. The sons of Sceva, they were trying to operate to heal a man who was mad. And the Bible says that the madman overcame them. Hallelujah. Because they didn't have a relationship. They had heard of Jesus whom Paul preached. Hallelujah. So what's number one? Submit to God. Number two? Number three, sorry. Number four. Have a personal relationship with God. Rise to your feet.